This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 315. Make your client hypnotic. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Hey, it's Jason Lynette here, and the theme is always whoever is the most flexible in their communication drives the communication. And as we're talking about flexibility, before I get into this week's episode, let me kind of catch you up in terms of where I am right now, figuratively and, well, literally. Uh, Literally, I am sitting right now in a hotel room in Nags Head, North Carolina. We were supposed to move into our rental in Daytona Beach, Florida on March 1st. That now looks like it's going to be March 18th. And even with that, I'm shrugging a little bit, and we'll see when it happens. Basically, there were some issues with the property, and the owner is doing some amazing things in terms of making it much better for us. So we're willing to hang out and visit for a bit. Uh, My parents now live in Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina, so we saw an opportunity to stop by and visit them for two weeks, maybe three. We'll we'll see where it all goes. And, And I'll tell you, the theme of the episode this week was I had in my head a whole outline, which we will do this episode a little bit later, an episode called Content is King. There's more and more people joining hypnotic business systems than ever before. We've got the six steps to a six-figure income, hypnosis business income, uh, running as a free webinar. You can watch that right now at jasonwebinar.com. And about a dozen or so people every week are joining that program. And I've had a chance to talk with many of them. And so often people come into the shape of their business thinking that I just need to pay for ads. I just need to pay for some advertising. And I'm going to mess up a metaphor here on purpose. They think they need to throw more darts, but the issue is the dartboard is not yet sticky. And yes, I know that's not exactly how dartboards work, but you get the idea. So there's always that hit list of my rant of 2020, in addition to take your business online, was the fact that it comes down to here's the list of things you should do before you ever should pay for advertising. So inside of that community, the paid community that is Hypnotic Business Systems, we often get onto the topic of here's how to craft content. And that episode is going to be coming to you later, so stand by for that one. Because I'll make this general, over in the public community for hypnotic workers, which is the hypnosis training library, I'll generalize it here for obvious purposes, and actually I'll pull up the thread here, And I'll read a little bit of you this comment here in real time here. It was from David. We'll leave out the last name, of course. Uh, But here is a list of where David sleeps at night and his fears, for those that know the gag from uh, Family Guy. Let me pull this up here. Uh, So David posted, basically, I'm working with somebody who's in by way of referral. And we will throw into the statement that someone else is paying for this client. I'm more and more okay with that these days as long as I get on the call with that person. Uh, but basically at this point, two sessions in, they set a plan for three. Uh, there's no movement. Her first words upon emerging from the first session, well, I hope this works. She's not listening to the support audios, claiming she doesn't have the time. And I did some aversion stuff and some negative things in the recent session, spoke with her on the phone, and she admitted that her personality is someone who tries, if someone tries to get her to do something, she automatically resists. At this point, I'm ready to just refund her money to the family member who paid for it. Should I go after it? What do you think? And what I wanted to do this week was this is an idea. This is a topic that pops up. And I have to kick off before we launch into the material here. 
One of my first people that became a huge inspiration to my work was Michael Elner. And there's a reason why, if you go all the way back to episode number two of this podcast, Michael was officially the first guest. Now, I heard Michael once say that if you're doing the thing on the phone with your client, that uh, you're asking them on a scale of one to 10, how motivated are you to quit? If someone says less than a 10, don't take them. They're just paying you to prove something doesn't work. As Michael would say in his wonderful style, you're only taking the easy ones. I love that. So there's at least one part of that person that is reaching out. And to not completely throw this unnamed person under the bus, the client, not David, there's at least some part of her that does want to produce this change. Otherwise, she wouldn't actually be jumping into the session. Fair statement here. So this week's episode, I'm going to talk about some of the themes of how to increase that motivation, how to bring in the themes of, as I say, how to bring your client into your own hypnosis session, how to make your client hypnotic. And some elements of this, I'm going to actually just go off as if you're my client so you can hear the exact way that I reference these things to my clients. So there's a bunch that I'm about to cover inside of all of this, the whole theme of, again, making your client hypnotic, bringing your client into the session, which surprisingly is a very important theme. Now, I will go off on a small rant here. There's not enough people talking these themes in our profession, in my opinion, which is where, here we go, episode 315. It's about time we finally hit it. But it's getting into the idea of exactly what is the client's responsibility in the change. I firmly believe hypnosis is one of the most effective modalities for personal change out there. That being said, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And I'm sorry for dropping metaphors this early in a podcast session, which if what you're hearing in this episode aligns with you, check out the upcoming Work Smart Hypnosis Live and online training. All the details are over at worksmarthypnosislive.com. Uh, we've had a bunch of people sign up for this event coming up very soon. It kicks off in the middle of April 2021. If you're listening to this after the fact, there's always another WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com event coming up soon. This one is extra special, though, because Richard Nongard is joining me as a co-trainer, and we've already got some cool comments coming in. Can I do this? Yes, this sounds fun. Yay. How's that for a comment? All right. <laughs> Plus, on top of that, I mentioned the business webinar. Head over to JasonWebinar.com. That's just automatically the monkeys that run the internet redirect that over. You can watch that full presentation and learn more about how to better scale your business. And with that, let's jump directly into this week's episode. Here we go. Session number 315, Make Your Client Hypnotic. All right. So here we are on this theme of Make Your Client Hypnotic. Now, let me point something out here. From David's post that he put up in the group, he mentioned that this was a person who says, if someone tells me to do something, I normally go off and do the opposite. Uh, first of all, oh, let's have some fun this week. First of all, if someone is saying that, they are saying that to be oppositional. And this is where, again, let's pull out the classic Dr. Phil quote. Well, how's that working out for you? So this is where, especially in the situation where someone else is paying, I'm going to look for opportunities to call out the elephant in the room, as it were, as to this is why this is normally a red flag. Now, everything is always said with a smile. Everything is always said in a positive way. But I'm looking for ways that we have to talk sales here. And I'm not saying sales in terms of me selling the process. 
I'm looking for that client to further sell themselves into the process that we're doing. So I'm so excited that you're here today, and this is going to be applied whether we're in person, whether we're connecting for online Zoom. Hey, I'm doing sessions next week, all from hotel rooms, connecting with folks all around the world. As long as I've got my webcam, I'm not going to flick the Eddie. That is a weird statement I should never say out loud again. <laughs> as long as we've got our connection, we can do the work, right? So here I am broadcasting from a unique location. So I'll call out the elephant in the room here that very often it's a bit of a red flag when someone pays on behalf of someone else. Because you can imagine, I've got a student of mine, and even I hesitate to call this person a student, because she says, I'm at a part of Virginia Beach that's so poor, people can't afford my services, which I'm sorry, I am from Virginia Beach. And it is not, yeah, they're pretty well off there. <laughs> um, and she says, I only charge $25 for sessions. And she says, I have the biggest issue with no-shows and the biggest issue with non-compliant clients. And I'm saying it's not just a game of if you pay for this, you're now serious, but that is a factor. So I'm curious to ask you, yes, your family member is paying for this session. What's different about today from your perspective that tells you that you're ready to make this change? What would that be? So notice that this is not the game of what's the clever thing that I can say to bring her on board. It's instead, all the themes I'm going to be sharing with you here in this episode are about what are those things I can invite her to bring to the session, because I want her to further hypnotize herself that she is absolutely ready to make this change. So I call out, this is typically a red flag if someone's paying on behalf of someone else. You can imagine it's a different success rate when everybody at that company saw that this one staff member of theirs quit, and then they all came to me separately versus Jim, the owner of the company, is subsidizing the payments and paying for all of you. What's different about this, though, from your perspective that tells you that you're ready to throw those things out and move on? Then we start to get some of the momentum in place. So from the very start, so David, if you're listening to this, which you should be, it takes a lot for me to say that somebody is a lost cause. I will say you need to frame whatever next interaction to be this place that you've got to hit a reset button. I just had a client who I'm seeing next week say, I just need to Thanos snap these cigarettes and move on with it in my life. And I'm like, I need to go watch the movie again to get the references right. <laughs> uh, so whatever metaphors in, so you've got to hit a hard reset in this process for anything I'm about to say, in my opinion, to be effective. So a possible reset statement would be, we began this process maybe from the expectation, let, let's distance and dissociate. Some people begin this process with the expectation that I can magically snap my fingers and fix their issue. When the truth is, this is a process where my job is to bring you to the place where you can make that change for yourself. That way you have the full ownership of it and you can celebrate the confidence that you've made this change for yourself. So I want you to watch this magic trick carefully here. Boom. Today is officially now your very first session. And I want you to imagine you're walking into this or connecting for the first time in person and look at it from a slightly different filter, that I'm the person operating from the mindset of an educator, showing you how well you can do this for yourself. And I'll tell you in the past, again, this is going to sound reiterative because I've already said it, from the past, when someone else was paying for another individual, that was a red flag for those people that maybe it wasn't that person's goal to quit. The same way that if I was on the phone with someone and they said, well, my wife wants me to quit, my kids want me to quit. 
And I've turned away those people because it's not yet necessarily their goal. So let me ask you this. What's different about today that tells you that you are the one ready to let this thing go once and for all? What would that be? And I'll tell you, if I don't get a satisfying answer, I will find a way to respectfully, I'll say, pause the process. Well, I'll tell you what, from where we are right now, sometimes when I ask a very specific question and you start to tell me stories about the past, part of your mind is trying to avoid the question. So let me ask you it one more time, just so I'm sure I've got this right. What's different about today that tells you that you are ready to make this change now? And this is where, again, just to call it out, excuse me while I do the pat on the back, but this is what I did my TED talk about. Man, that feels good. Uh, <laughs> the place where people avoid the question. They go off into storytelling. And this is where I may pull out the intentional but. Yes, from the agreement frame in NLP, we're told to never use our but. I say intentionally use your but wisely. How about that? Thank you for telling me that story. But sometimes when I ask a very specific question, I need the answer to that very specific question. Otherwise, respectfully, I have no way, no idea of knowing how to help you out. So thank you for sharing that. But let me ask you one more time. What's different about today that tells you that you're ready to make this change? Sometimes they don't answer that either. At which point I say, I'm going to give you two options because I think we're done for the day. Option number one is with a few clicks of a button, I'll give you a full refund. Wish you the best. Or option number two, let's table things for right now and then I'll put a note in the calendar to call you back in about two weeks. And when we get to that point, we'll have a better conversation about it. Sound good? Oh, and I've never told this on the podcast, I think. Oh, do you mind if I take off the Virginia hypnosis hat for a moment? Do you mind if I take off, you know, the, the, the hat of the business and just talk to you, you know, man to man or person to person here? Okay, good. Because I work with so many people that come in with the game of, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. This is a big thing to work with people with weight loss, you know. They're playing the all or nothing game when it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, there's a guy who I follow in the fitness world who says, uh, if you follow your plan perfectly every single day, you can likely hit your goal in 12 weeks. If you are really good most of the time, you can do it in 14. So relax. He uses more colorful language than that. Uh, Jordan Syatt. S-Y-A-T-T. -T. He is phenomenal. Track his stuff. He is outstanding. That's his quote. And I'll reference him to say, you know, people come in with this game of the all or nothing. This is what happens around the holidays, right? Where they play the game of, oh, I've had a piece of cake. Oh, all is lost. And then they binge on everything else, which I'll tell you just personally, again, this is me talking, not the business. I'm someone who's lost about 50 pounds of fat in the last 10 or so years and put on about 10 to 15 pounds of lean muscle. And it's where if I'm going to indulge, which I'm really not much of a sweets person, but if we're in Northern Virginia and we go to Founding Farmers, I'm having the, the uh, carrot cake. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, so if you're going to have the indulgence, enjoy the hell out of it. So here's the thing. Here's the idea. It would be the mindset that if you're going to make the decision to continue smoking, enjoy the hell out of it. And if that ever changes, call me back, okay? I, I don't smoke, though, so I don't even know if this is a thing. Is, there like, is it a thing to buy a better brand? But if you're going to make the decision to continue to be a smoker, sincerely, enjoy the hell out of it. And, you know, when it changes, call me back. Sound good? But let's do this. Let's go ahead and put a point in the calendar two weeks from now, and I'll call you back to check in. We'll sort of update the plan from there. Okay. 
story time over. <laughs> what you've done there, in my experience, is you have consciously ruined the behavior for that person. And from an ethical perspective, you have reached out to me seeking assistance to make this change. Therefore, it is my ethical responsibility to use whatever tools I deem necessary to help you in making that change. And that's why I'll do that. Now, we're talking like once every three or four months for these days. You know, usually the number of, this is what I teach inside of hypnotic business systems, the number of filtration systems, the fact that people have to watch a webinar, they now have to pay a deposit to make a phone call with me, and it has to be scheduled. The more, quote, difficult clients just don't get to me these days, but occasionally they may, and this is what I would do in those situations. But I would call the moment to kind of pause it and give them, quote, permission. I don't tell them to smoke more. All I say is, you know, if you're going to do it, enjoy the hell out of it. You know, and this is, this is a true thing that I bring into my weight loss sessions nowadays, that when you plan for the indulgence, you make modifications around it. You know, here's the other day that we did a big sort of a cookout with my family, and I knew that Michelle had bought this really nice ice cream and these ice cream cones, and so the dinner that night, I didn't, you know, grab the potatoes. I kind of balanced it out. So when we make that decision to kind of balance things, we're in control of it. So I bring that into the theme of this idea of enjoy the hell out of it. That's not a match for everybody. It takes some, we'll call it confidence <laughs> to pull that off. But this is where I'm starting to set the stage early on. So based on everything we've talked about, what's different about today that tells you that you're ready to make this change? And if they can't answer the question, that's one of my exit points, the whole enjoy the hell out of it routine. Similar to that too, I'll intro this the way that I say it to my clients, and you probably have to modify it for obvious reasons. If you look me up on the web, you see that in addition to helping people like you to quit smoking, I do a lot of educational work. I do two different podcasts that go out around the world. I've taken my entire business online because of those programs, it brings clients, clients in from all over the world. So because of that, this mindset of education, the, the idea of this would be to look at the work that we do that I'm always in the mindset of educating you. So um, do you mind if I kind of sidebar for a moment and teach you a little bit of hypnotic terminology? Okay, cool. And this is one of the things that my students love and like my events that I do, like half of the people who sign up for the training events, wink, wink, worksmarthypnosislive.com, half the people who sign up for these events are brand new to hypnosis. Like if like, you know, someone like you decided, hey, let me learn this stuff. And the other half of the people are folks that at least on paper appear to be wonderfully educated, but there's a lot of gaps in their knowledge. And the idea is that, you know, they're not confident customizing for people on the fly. And this is something that I used to do later in my events. Now it's one of the first things that I teach. Every hypnotic suggestion, nearly all of them, follow the same formula. It's an action followed by a result. It's a cause followed by an effect. In fact, here's the easiest way to, to learn this right now. Go ahead and do this. Uh, go ahead and relax further down right now. And it's kind of jarring. It's kind of intrusive. It almost is a bit of a challenge. And even when I say that, it's not that people are defiant. They naturally tense back up as soon as I've said that. But notice what's different if I put a little bit more context to it. Okay, so go ahead now, please. Take a nice deep breath in. Fill those lungs up with air. And as you exhale now, go ahead and relax on down. Oh, and it gets a very different response now, doesn't it? Because now there's a context to it. Our brain learns through association. 
we create connections. So up until now, ooh, there's a little phrase, up until now, this is the same nature as to what you've been doing with the cigarettes. When I have the cup of coffee, there's the action, here comes the result, I smoke. After I've had the meal, I smoke. When I get in my car, I smoke. Do you see how you're already doing this? Yeah, we call this anchoring. It's Pavlov and his dogs ring the bell, feed the dogs, and so forth. So all we have to do in this process is interrupt that cause and effect relationship that's been there. On the phone, I told you that most people stop as early as the first time that we meet. Would you like to learn the difference between those people who stop completely and the ones who maybe cut back dramatically, but then take the next step forward from there? It's the people who are willing to do something meaningful with their cigarettes before this process ever begins. Because I'll tell you what, if it's like the person who's playing the game of, I want to cut back on alcohol, I want to quit drinking, but they keep it in the house. Well, how's that going to work out for them? And I pause and I let them answer that question. They go, they're probably going to drink. So the biggest change that I've noticed in helping people to quit smoking is this reality that you need to live like that person who has never smoked before. So full disclosure, I am working really hard on cutting back on my addiction of three cigars a year. And I start to smile and laugh and they start to smile and laugh too because they get the joke. Yeah. In fact, most of the time, as soon as I've lit one up, I'm like, I'm cold. There's another half an hour to this thing. Do you want this one? And I give up on it. You know, so I bring that up because I don't even have them in my house. It's not convenient to me because that's not an everyday thing. You know, I had some issues with my body a number of years ago that I was having these adverse reactions to alcohol. And so we really don't keep it around anymore. So once again, what is it that you're willing to do to put you in that position so it's even easier now for you to move on with these things once and for all? What would that be? Let's sidebar here for a moment. And I want you to realize that I'm about to talk about something on this program that I've not talked about before. I believe I have officially changed my personal definition of hypnosis. And as I stepped into this new definition, I've become so much more effective than I've ever been before. And as I stepped into this definition a couple of years ago, actually, and talking about it here now, is clearly the other brand around this, the whole influence aspect of jasonlinette.com, the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast is now representing this. I have become much more effective at what I do. When I work from the mindset that hypnosis is a process of mutual positive psychological influence in which hypnotic phenomenon may be possible. Ooh, did you hear I didn't use words like somnambulism? Did you hear that I didn't use trance? A process of mutual positive psychological influence in which hypnotic phenomenon may be positive, may be possible. So someone called me out on this the other day in the MMHA group, the Mike Mandel group. Uh, the fact that we're going into hypnosis to ratify a change that's already been made. I'm sorry, if you're crossing your fingers and as a practitioner, hoping you can get the change once the client's eyes are closed, you're missing a big part of the process. The entire, we've, we've all said this for years, the entire experience is hypnosis. The entire experience is hypnotic suggestion. So from the very first interaction, I'm on a call this morning with the guy who I'm working with next week now, 
What happens for you differently when this big, massive thing that's been in front of you shrinks down so small like a postage stamp and goes behind you? So this is no longer that big, massive goal of quitting smoking. It's instead that the stop smoking was a much smaller, insignificant step to something much bigger and better that you're now moving toward rather than away. What's going to be different for you from that? This is where it doesn't matter how clever you think I am. It doesn't matter how clever even you think you are. The brilliance inside of your client is so much of the work there. And we are recording this on a Facebook Live right now. And Jason is just dropping a masterclass on Facebook Live. Booyah, that just happened. <laughs> so looking at how, again, if we approach the work from this as a process, a mutual positive psychological influence in which hypnotic phenomenon may be possible. Do you hear everything I'm laying the foundation for before I have ever said, close your eyes and hope we get this? Because I'll tell you, the people who take serious, meaningful action are the ones who become raving fans as to how well they've done. And it's not my place to tell you that you have to throw your cigarettes away right now. Hello, little embedded command. It's not my place to tell you that you have to throw them away right now. It's that over the years, having seen so many people in doing this, it's the folks that are committed enough to take serious action before we even get started the day. Oh, before we even get started the day. Do you hear that one? Before we even get started the day. So what's your plan with those cigarettes? Because David, I bet you this client, she's holding on to all of them. She's probably got cartons still piled up. Uh, she's still probably holding on to her stock in uh, Philip Morris. Is that Altria now? Pays a nice dividend, apparently. I hate... Okay, we'll go there. <laughs> but it becomes this whole thing that she's still invested in it. And this is where I sometimes, I may have forgotten the name here and made it even more characteristic. Sometimes I have to pull out the story of Gladys. Gladys was coming to see me and she goes, I want to come to see you for weight loss behaviors, which is a statement I have never heard before until then. And I go, can you explain that, please? She goes, yeah. I'm in my 80s and my doctor diagnosed me with osteoporosis. He gave me some recommendations for my diet, which I'm doing that. He put me on some supplements and medication, which are definitely helping. But he goes in terms of the muscular and the bone strength. If you don't use it, you lose it, the doctor told me. And she goes, we talked about a number of exercises that I can do, and I'm just not doing them. So I want to come to see you for weight loss behavior. She didn't need to lose weight. She could have just said, I want to exercise more. As we worked with uh, Gladys, she explained, I used to be uh, a comp competitive swimmer in school, but now in my 80s, he goes, even the doctor says, I don't have to do that. Get into the pool with my grandkids, go a little out into the deep end, wade the water. When I get a little fatigued, come back into the shallow end, maybe have a seat in the steps in the pool. And then when I'm ready, go back out, wade water some more. She goes, if I do that, that's going to be enough. And I'm now proud to tell you, I worked with Gladys for three sessions, and by the third session, Gladys was still not yet swimming. And only then did I have the brilliance to ask a very important question. Well, Gladys, where is it you want to go swimming? And she responds, oh, honey, I don't even have a swimming pool near me I can go to. Okay. <laughs> we had all the darts. We didn't yet have a dartboard. You hear me on that? My office at this point was in a room where I had my uh, desktop computer in the same room, and she'd arrived early, and i go, hey, 
Uh, come over and sit in my office chair. Let me type a few things up. Okay, good. This is a private browser, so it's not going to save any search data. Uh, but this is Google Maps. Type in your home address. And she did. We searched nearby for swimming pool. <laughs> and suddenly it became a beautiful moment. I'll never forget this. She looked over her shoulder and says, it's a YMCA. Will they care that I'm Jewish? No. <laughs> she goes, oh, great. That's a really nice swimming pool. I'll sign up this weekend. I go, no, we're three sessions in and we're going to get this thing done today. You got here early enough. That's a private browser. I'll leave the room. Uh, look there. You can sign up for a, a new member pass online. And if it asks you to print, just hit print. I'll grab it from the other room. That's where the printer is. This way, you'll have the pass today. It was like 11 in the morning. You'll have the pass today and you can go swimming today. Can you do that? She goes, yes, I can. I say, great. I'll go out of the room so I don't see your card. Call me back in when you're ready. I came in. I heard the printer running already. I grabbed the sheet of paper. I walked in and go, look at that. There's your golden ticket to go swimming today. This story is now at least eight years old. She has been swimming three to five times every week ever since then. Remember where we started a few moments ago? Cause and effect, action, result. Now that you have that swimming pool, you discover just how easy it is to go on a regular basis. Until we had that foot in the door, nothing was going to change. Now take note, these are the influential conversations that I have with my clients sometimes before we even get started. Let me uh, quote Scott Sandlin here of the mindset of playing dumb. The client, he told the story in a video years ago of, uh, he was in a dental office, mind you, for the story. And someone says, I have bruxism. And he would respond, what's that? He knew what it was. And they respond, I grind my teeth. And if I remember the video right, he'd go, on purpose? They go, no, while I sleep. Well, if you're sleeping, and like this, this Columbo game, I call it playing dumb, of, <laughs> of just looking for all the details. I want to lose weight. Okay, what are those things you want to do? Okay, well, walk me through the day. It's the morning. L let's call this out, people. In the NLP models, you're either in the meta model, gathering information, or in you're in the Milton model, putting information to use. If at any point you don't know what you should be doing, it means you're in the wrong model. The best stuff you could ever elicit from your client comes from asking these questions. Walk me through your day, problem client that David is seeing. Where do you want that morning to be different without the cigarettes? Okay, well, you still have cigarettes at home. What do you want to do with them? What's your plan with those things? I am putting all the ownership, mutual, positive, psychological influence. I am putting all the ownership on them. And then I get to be the hypnotist to go in and do magical hypnotic phenomenon things and link it to the change as to why they're there. Action, result, cause, and effect. Bring your clients into the process. Make your client hypnotic. What are those things you'd like to be doing differently? All personal change in my world comes down to four questions. How do you feel now? How would you rather feel? What are those things you're doing now? What are those things you'd rather be doing? Once we have that, this is the constant game in Facebook groups. Watch this online. Does anyone have a script for anxiety? Does anyone have a script for IBS? Stop treating titles. Oh, it's a rant week now, isn't it? It's a nice hotel room. I'm very relaxed right now. Stop working on titles. What's your goal? What does that feel like? How do you want that to feel instead? What's going to be different when you've filled in the blank? 
open up and ask more questions. Engage more with your client. This is how we bring them into the process. Otherwise, no wonder some people think you're going to say some magic words and they're going to stick. Why? Because too damn many of us have quit a process out there where that becomes the perspective. And David, I think that's where you are right now. Although there's many, quote, Davids that are out there. <laughs> Davids with different names, different genders, and different countries around the world. This is the stuff we've got to lay the foundation for. We've got to bring that responsibility into the process. And again, we're eliciting details. We're eliciting information. This is where Power of Premise, Chapter 1 of Work Smart Business. We did a podcast episode on this years ago. Podcast Network Solutions are my editors. Hey, guys, find that specific episode, please, and link it into the show notes. Also... Waking Suggestion for Stop Smoking, I think, was the episode. Put that in the show notes as well, please. You'll see this. Go to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 315. We'll compile a bunch of these. And those of you who aren't watching this in real time live, I'm recording this uh, in a hotel room in North Carolina. We'll, we'll put the video up on YouTube as well if you all want to see exactly what this looked like in real time as we broadcast this. But we'll link to those resources there. But again, mutual positive psychological influence in which hypnotic phenomenon may be positive, positive, possible, easy for me to say. <laughs> but by eliciting these things, bringing action steps, here's my hypnosis 101 routine. Now that you've thrown out those cigarettes, there's the action, here comes the result. It now means you're realizing you're taking back control of your life. And we link the next suggestion to the one after that. And as you realize you're taking back control of your life, you start to now become even more fascinated at the quality of your breathing. And as you're fascinated by the quality of your breathing, take this moment and notice that, thank you, Richard Nongard, for this little, little line, notice that magical place where the inhale turns around and becomes an exhale. And notice how much calmer you're now becoming, just becoming fascinated and curious about the process of your own breathing without the hindrance, without the distraction, without the damage of that old, useless, unnecessary smoke. And even as you're taking this moment and appreciating how your body feels without that smoke through it going through your system, you can realize in this moment right now, not because of I say so, not because of some magical words that I say, but because you are sitting in a chair right now, breathing normal everyday air, it means in this moment, right now, you already are a non-smoker. By nature of the fact that you're sitting in that chair, and you're not smoking a cigarette, it means in this singular moment right now, at least for these few moments, you presently are a non-smoker. And as you realize you already are a non-smoker, it now becomes every reason that you choose to remain one. And in every situation you'd possibly run into, realizing now every reason you used to do that old, useless, unnecessary thing now becomes every reason, it becomes your decision that you don't have to. Let's expand on that before we wrap up for the week. It wasn't that when I tell you to slap yourself on the forehead, it makes the craving go away. No. Mutual positive psychological influence. It becomes, and if this was your trigger you wanted to use, slap yourself, not that you would use that, let's just use that for illustration here. If you slap yourself on the forehead, it becomes the reminder that now it's your decision what goes into your mouth, when, where, and how much. Make your client hypnotic. The trigger, the anchor, the whatever you use becomes the mechanism that lets it become their choice what they do next. This is another thing that needs to be addressed here. 
It's not that this thing magically makes the thing go away. That's where you're going to have the person giving themselves a damn near concussion uh, and not getting a result. No, the action is the reminder who's in control. Because figuratively and literally, you're bigger than that damn cigarette ever was, weren't you? I want to branch off of one more thing from David's post, which was that I made her an audio and she's not listening to it. To which I will tell you exactly what I say in that situation. I am friendly. I am positive, which gives me the ability to make use of range. Quick story here. Uh, back when I was working in theatrical stage management, um, here is a brand new play. I worked a lot of world premieres, which because I had computer skills, I could make the pages of the script work when the playwright was sending new pages every single day. That was my secret weapon. That's why I was so in demand of that career. Um, and the actor, so long story short, this actor is now rehearsing a scene he has never done before. And the scene, the, scene, the stage direction said, angrily. And he started the scene and he burst out through the door and he was delivering his line so angrily and then he turned the page, matching the same attitude, and then he burst out laughing. Because the next stage direction was even angrier than before. And he goes, uh, I have to quote his exact line. He goes, I blew my wad on the first page. Let me go back and find some range to this. And suddenly again, we started the scene once more. And this time on a scale of zero to 10, he started at six. Turned the page even angrier than before. He went up to nine or 10. Then he turned the page and he smiled and it said, parentheses, stage direction, calming down. <laughs> so know the range as to where you're going. I bring that up. I bring that up here because as we look at the emotions that are going to be a part of the process, how do you want that to feel? You know, and, and the aspect of the range that I can bring to the process, the same way that I interact with all of you here on the podcast is the same way I interact with my clients, which suddenly, when I suddenly get very specific and just start to tell you, well, look, you paid $1,200 to come in here and do this thing. Uh, do, you, do you like giving money to strangers and not following their instructions? I mean, how, how did you expect this to go? Uh, I'm just asking because it's going to help me better clarify what I put on the website for folks in the future. Uh, because if you're willing to put five minutes into the cigarette, now this is, again, something I would pre-frame very early on. Now, that's this ritual that used to take you upwards of the guy this morning, 20 minutes, including washing your hands and using all the sanitizer wipes we've all been stocking up. Um, but let me ask you this. If I could teach you a technique that would take you two hours every day, would you use that technique? Yeah, I wouldn't either. Which means if I taught you something that only takes 30 seconds, and I trail off, and they go, oh, I would do that. Oh, good. So I want you to realize you just agreed to use the method I'm going to teach you today. Makes sense? Because 30 seconds is a whole lot more convenient than two hours. And even better, 30 seconds is a whole lot more convenient than the 20 minutes that cigarette ritual used to be, right? Anything explained in advance is education. Anything explained after the fact is an excuse. Mutual, positive psychological influence in which hypnotic phenomenon may be possible. So I'm playing the game of satisfy objections before they arise. I'm going to get agreement to a resource in advance. I'm going to get agreement to action before the process begins. I'm going to get agreement to exactly what's going to be happening next week. What's the story that you are going to be telling me the next time you're here that's going to be validating for both of us just how well you've done? What's that story going to be? This is where all my content comes from. And that's where inside of Work Smart Hypnosis Live, 
I'm teaching set pieces for change. You're getting additional content from Richard Nongard in the next event. And it's where we're now taking what we've now learned and fitting that into the parameters of what we've talked about with the clients. So there you go. Bring your clients into the hypnotic process. Make your clients hypnotic. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for sharing this on your social media streams, and please, especially this week, put this stuff to use. Put this content to work. I want to hear your stories, and especially how you've made it your own. There's a catchphrase I sometimes use in my trainings of depending on the rapport in the room, where it's where sometimes you may not yet have the right to ask some of these questions or become slightly provocative. That's where Work Smart Hypnosis Live is all about helping you develop your own style, helping you to learn the methods and make it your own. As of now, I'm recording this on March 4th. This episode comes out on March 11th. We've got about a dozen or so spots left for the next Work Smart Hypnosis Live. You can find all the details at WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. The next event is special uh, because I'm bringing on Richard Nongard once again as a co-trainer of that event. It also includes lifetime access to hypnotic workers. And for those of you that are looking to better scale your businesses, check out JasonWebinar.com for the new Six Steps to a Six-Figure Hypnosis Business On-Demand Presentation. I'm going to head back to the family. Thanks for listening here this week. And again, check out the show notes. We've given a lot of cool references for this week. See you soon. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com.